What is cracking? What is happening? Welcome to episode 26. Yeah! With a couple of funny dicks. Okay. Starting out strong. Coming at you like a bag of bricks. Monday, dude. People are in their cars. They're on their way to work, dude. You need to wake up because it is time to get this day going. It's Monday. It's time to make it happen. It's time to do the thing that you said you was going to do, right? Get up. Get the fuck out of bed and do something. I know you're quarantined. I know you're sitting at home. I know you got nothing to do. Well, guess what? Now is the time where you get to go find something to do for yourself. You know, you don't have to go to work. Some of you do. A lot of you are going back to work, but take advantage of the time that you've got, you know, focus on what good things are happening in the world and how you can leverage that to your advantage because we are the heavenites. Yes. Right? We don't give a fuck. We attack every day like it's do or die. Carpe diem. (laughs) 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 Yeah. All right. Well, guess what? We did last Sunday. What'd you do? We brewed some beer. You brewed some beer? Yeah. No way! I would have never guessed! <laughs> That's awesome! Yeah! Well, okay. So, it was, it was a, whole, a whole thing. Right? So, we got... It was on Saturday. Saturday. So, after this pod, we... Me, Eric, and my co brother, we're going to go brew some beer. Right? So, we... What is it? We get our own... Grains. We normally get our own uh, malts. Yeah. Yeah. So we get our own malts, and we're kind of tweaking a recipe right now. Tweaking. Tweaking it. Yeah. And trying to make it perfect, you know, because um, yeah, we just want to. We're gonna. We should drink it on the show sometime. It'd be good. Cool. Um, Try it. Yeah. And uh, so we were gonna go to to get all our ingredients and everything that we needed to do, and. We went a little bit long here at the pod, and it took us forever to get everything out of there. And then on halfway, we went and we got all the water that we needed to get. We got some snacks, cause, mm. and um, we went to go get it, all the other stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, let me just make sure that this place is still open, because we're already an hour behind right now. Everybody's already at Michael's house, getting ready to go. And so I'm like, all right, let me Google this place real quick. So I Google it. Turns out it closed an hour ago. <laughs> Damn. So I call up Michael, and he's like, yo, dude, bad news. 
know, we can still get some cigars. We can still do that whole thing because we were going to do that. But bad news, um, the brew shop the closed. is closed. Closes at four on Closes Saturday. Closes at four on Saturday. So, little lesson out there. If you want to brew your beer, make sure you get all your stuff ahead of time. Make sure you're all set up and ready to go because, yeah. How does that whole process work? Hmm. See, this is when Eric needs a camera because... <laughs> it's okay. One minute version. Go. I'll try. Uh, <laughs> how to brew beer in one minute? How to, how to brew beer in one minute? No, it's uh, a, lo- a lot of it. In summary, is waiting around for stuff to get hot and waiting around for stuff mm-hmm. to get to a very specific temperature, making sure it stays at this specific temperature, and very specific things happen before you do the next thing. Hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot of it. Like, yeah. So when you when you do the old fashioned all green method. You have to actually make the grain because you know you get alcohol from sugar. So first you got to do what's called mashing it, which is doesn't actually mean mashing it. You actually have to let it sit in hot water basically, and it turns all the starches into sugars. Oh. And so once all those turn into sugars, you then boil it as you're adding. Um, you boil it down as you're adding your hops and any other secondary ingredients. You want to use usually just hops. Um, and then once that's actually boiled down to where. Uh, everything's kind of steeped in the way it's supposed to be. You've gotten it all kind of hot and integrated and all that. You let it cool down. You put it in your fermenter, put some yeast in there, get it airtight, have an airlock. So unless you want it to condition at the same time, um, but you have an airlock so the excess air can escape. And then you just let it sit for like two weeks. Yeah. Put it in a bottle, usually with a little bit more sugar so it has a little bit more chance to breathe out. Once it's sealed in the bottle, it'll uh, carbonate itself after about a couple of weeks and then you can put it in the fridge and then you can try it out. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's a, it's weird. It's like the whole thing, you thought, oh, this is beer. And then you go to make it and it's nothing like mm-hmm. you would think it would be, you know. It's a hell of a process, huh? Yeah. A lot of chemistry. A lot of, of chemistry. Men- if you actually want to know what the alcohol contents, there's a bunch of measurements you yes. have to do and there's a lot of sanitation that you have to be really careful of because yeah. you're dealing with bacteria, essentially. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. The crazy thing is, like, it, I was, if you get the temperatures different, it changes the flavor profile. You change the, the timing of everything, it changes the profile. Damn. You know, how long you let it boil, how long you let it just condition, how long you let it, how much of this you put in there, how, what types of, you know, mash you're using. It's just all these things and every single one of them can change the flavor profile ever so slightly that's why if not significantly if not significantly yeah yeah. that's like the difference between ale and lager is actually what you ferment it at what temperature like right now we could in this room ferment ale but if we go out into the garage when it's a little colder like this morning you're making lager it's just temperature difference and you just completely changed what type of beer you're drinking so that's really interesting yeah so it's a really delicate process very and depending on how you do each step and how much time you take on each step, yeah, you get a different beer. Exactly. Sounds kind of like growing weed. Yeah, weeds that way, whiskeys that way, scotch, you know, it's whiskey. Same thing. Yeah, whiskeys. You make beer and then you make whiskey out. Of yeah, it. exactly. So, so that's why it's pretty much the same thing. But so alcohol's got a lot of sugar in it, then. Huh? Yeah, that's why if you're keto, the only thing you can drink is like gin. Distilled. Gin, well, it. alcohol used to be sugar. Right. Is actually what the the thing is. The yeast, pro- the yeast eats the sugar, 
and poops it out into alcohol. Sure. Okay. Yeast is pooping. Yeah. So it, the the whole thing of the keto is that you want something that's distilled. So like beer has a bunch of extra carbs left over, hence the color. Yeah. But if you take something like vodka that's been boiled down to the point where it's as pure alcohol as it quote unquote could be. Yeah. Then it's got like nothing else to it. Yeah. We'll have to have Eric back on the show, and he can we can do like a whole thing on alcohol because it is there's so many rabbit trails you can go down. There's so many different like things that you can talk about. It's 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 very interesting. That's very very interesting. So yeah, we got it. Well, Eric, you've got a hell of a collection right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were gonna do this little segment or this little show on the same channel as Pod Heaven called Drinks with Eric. Yep. And I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to do that at some point. Yeah, we still gotta get that going. But um, anyway, back to the story. So turns out well, everything's closed, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got all the ingredients. We're already heading up. So where are they? Cl- they're closed because of COVID, or are they just closed at a certain yeah, time? They've, they've always been closed during yeah, the weekend. They, because I think here's the idea: is everybody buys their grains, everybody buys all their their brewing supplies in the morning slash afternoon, and then they brew at night. So there's not really any reason to be open super yeah. late, uh, except if you're us and we're doing it last minute. Yeah, um, kind of a niche store too. It is it's, a very it's niche like, store. It's all yeah. wine and beer. Is what yeah, I mean. wine and beer. It's not you don't even make you don't even buy like the beer and the wine there. You just buy the stuff basically. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so, anyways, so. We're like, all right, whatever. Well, we'll just we'll just smoke cigars, hang out, drink beer. We got beer, and um, on the way up there, Michael's rummaging through his his, his cabinets, and he finds a little one gallon uh, chocolate stout. Yeah, chocolate stout kit. Yeah, chocolate stout kit. Before you guys left, he was rummaging through the cabinets. No, like when I called him and said, "Hey, bad news." Oh, they're closed. They're closed. And then he was like, "Wait a minute, I think we've got something here." So he went, he found that. And we ended up just boiling it at, at, at uh, a little one-gallon kit instead. So nice. that's okay. con- that's conditioning. Is that what? It's no, fermenting. Right fermenting. Now. There we go. See all the terminology there. It's crazy. But uh, so yeah, it's it's fermenting right now. And then <clears throat> next week uh, we're gonna go bottle it. And then we gotta let that sit for a couple weeks. And then, but while we're bottling, we're gonna immediately turn around and do another big five, ten gallon, five gallon, five gallon. Batch, so Sweet. we're gonna have plenty of beer, and uh, we can drink it on the on the pod and tell you how guys tell you guys how it turns out. So nice, that's great. <laughs> dude. So it's a lot of fun. That's yeah. awesome. I can't wait to taste some of that. So have you guys done this before? Yeah, a few different times. We've bought kits before. They just get a big box, and it's like, all right, add this, add that, boil this, um, do that. You know, and it's it's very much like. Just read the instructions, sure follow that. The recipe. It's a recipe, yeah. It's nice. Just, and it's very, I mean, you can still screw it up, but um, it's, it's pretty easy. You don't, but you don't have any, like, like we got one from Hub, right? It was their Ferocious IPA. Ferocious. Yeah. Ferocious IPA, yeah. So we, uh, we, we, we made their Ferocious. The funny story about that is we were looking to buy one of their kits. And they're like, these things aren't selling, so uh, you can have this one. So they just gave us that one. So that was a pretty cool shout out to Hub. Nice. But uh, yeah, so we've done it a few different times. And um, we've only done our own recipe one time, you know? Quote unquote. I, I got something to start with and made a couple small adjustments, but. Oh, okay. so. There you go. That was rad, dude. Still. Yeah, brewing beer is like a huge hobby yeah, for it is. a lot of people. Yeah, it takes a long time. Like, just to do that one gallon, it took us five hours. 
Yeah. That that's about right for most of them. Yeah. I mean, it, if you're doing a five gallon batch, it doesn't really take a bunch more time. It's just you gotta have bigger stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. bigger stuff and um, good equipment. I love beer, man. Yeah, it's really tasty. I could drink beer all day. <laughs> you drink beer for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can't do that. So everything in moderation. Yes, exactly. Including caffeine, man. I yeah, mean, caffeine too. Can't have too much caffeine. I've been trying to detox off of that. Dude. Yeah. I probably need to do a caffeine detox, man. I have I have about like four rock stars a week. Yeah, that's unfortunately where I was. You know, I was trying to do the um, the sugar-free stuff because the sugar starts to mess with my stomach. You know, because when I was in like high school and college and stuff, I drank a lot of soda. A little more than I would like to admit, but hey, you know, it was kind of my vice. Yeah. And um, kind of had, so I developed like a, a sugar uh, addiction, you could say, you yeah. know, and uh, it's still biting me in the butt today, you know, oh, yeah. because it's starting, had too much of that, and I was starting to mess with my guts. It's so great to just have a little soda during the day, like that really just gives you a jolt of energy. Yeah, and it tastes good, you know, it's, it's like, it's cheaper than a Starbucks coffee. Yeah. You know, but it's just really not good for you. Yeah. Once I started drinking too much of that, so um, I know. One uh, little bit of advice on ca- uh, uh, caffeine detox is like, you know, most people they want to go ahead and just like cut a cold turkey, right? You know, and that seems to be the way to do things, but um, kind of depends. Yeah, some people can do that, but a lot of people they find that it's just like. Um, it's too much, yeah. you know, uh, because you get irritable, headaches, all that stuff, you know. So if you go and for one week you, you cut it down a fourth, you cut a fourth of your caffeine down, and then you do that for a week, and then you go to the next week and you, now you're drinking half of what it was, yeah. right? So you just go up quarters, drop it down a quarter every single week. Uh-huh. And um, it helps with the headaches, it helps with all the... Like the detox and um, the withdrawal, the withdrawal syndrome, yeah, uh, yeah. symptoms, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it helps a lot. So just instead of just if you if you ever had issues, right? So you guys do you ever had issues like cutting down on caffeine? That's something you could try. It's just and it, it's definitely the the way I like to do it. You know, yeah. I'm trying to get to the point where I'm at one cup of coffee in the morning, and that's all I drink. Yeah, you know, because that way I can control what's going into it, um, and I can control how much caffeine's in it, Yeah. and um, it's cheaper, because I just make it at home. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's where I really want to get down to. I feel like caffeine is a must, man. I gotta have caffeine. I can't make it through a day without caffeine. Yeah, I at least need a coffee in the morning. Yeah. And if that doesn't cut it, then I'll go straight to my rock star. You mm-hmm. know? But the, what, what I'm addicted to right now is weed, man. Yeah. We and I don't think you know, I think it kinda of benefits me more than it than it hurts me, but you know, one of the ways it really hurts me is money. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. We <laughs> expensive, expensive dude. And the way that I look at it is like, okay, is this becoming a crutch to me? Or is it becoming or is it just uh, something that helps me, you know? Yeah. And the way I look at it and the, the and it's different for everybody. You know, but the way I, I judge it is like, how do I tell if it's a crutch or not? I just go, okay, can I say tomorrow, I'm going to take two weeks off of this. And if I can't go two weeks or a month without something, 
then it's got to hold on me. It's yeah. got a little bit of, it's got influence on me, you know. And, you know, depending on who you are and how you view things, it's okay. But for me, I really don't like that whole idea of this idea of having something influencing me. Yeah. Something outside, especially something as like stupid as caffeine. Yeah. You know, you know, because it's like, oh, well, I can't be myself without this stuff. Yeah. You know, now it's, it's kind of, it, 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 it's not necessarily where I want to be, you mm. know, but you know, you just gotta, you know, sit down with yourself and figure out, hmm, is this, is this something that I should, should be looking at or is this something that, is this okay? You yeah. Know, and it really comes out of personal preference at that point. Yeah, dude, I think I've gone back and forth on whether or not weed is good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always known that alcohol is not good for me and I have to really really watch you know I have to really be careful with that because mm-hmm. that, that, that does grab a hold of me and I can't yeah. and if I go to a party right. you know, chances are I'm going to be getting sloshed man because yeah. I just you know especially when I'm in a group of people you know I have one drink and I just kind of have more right <clears throat> right but, you know, to come here every Saturday and have some whiskey or have a beer, you know, that's manageable for me. I can do that. But I have had times where, you know, I smoke weed every day. Mm-hmm. And I smoke it as soon as I wake up. I smoke it after I eat lunch, breakfast, dinner. I smoke it before I go to bed. And it just sucks all, all the life out of me, mm-hmm. you know. But if I moderate it and I do it right, it can really benefit me. It can really fuel my creativity right. when I'm making music. Mm-hmm. It can really, you know, make me not want to cuss somebody out or right. like deck somebody yeah. in the middle of the day. Keeps you in jail, I think. It's yeah, keeps me out of jail. <laughs> you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but it does cost a lot of money, so yeah. I just got. I just finally uh, got all my COVID money, so I'm going to be in the dispensary and spending like three hundred bucks on weed. <laughs> Stock up on it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, but yeah, dude, I got, I finally got on my unemployment. I applied for unemployment back in like March, I think. Yeah. And I've been calling them and stuff and trying to figure out where it's at. And they told me they mailed it at one point and I thought it might've gone to my old address, but I just updated my mailing address and, uh, it all came to that address. Okay. I updated it too. And, uh, there you go. <laughs> it's about time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird, man. I have not heard of anybody having as much trouble with changing an address as you have. Dude, it's ridiculous. Like, there's been a couple times where I, when I moved here, you know, I changed my address right away. And most of my mail came here. But whatever mail went to the old address, just redirected straight to here. Yeah. You know? And all I did was go through the, the proper channels, <laughs> you know? And... Yeah, you go tell the post office, right? Yeah, say, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm moving. I'm moving. Here's my new address. And they yeah, changed it. Like 14 it. times. Yeah. Time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so weird that I can go and do that once. <laughs> and it works. And you do it a million times. And they're like, well, screw you. People, <laughs> you, you, no system is perfect. You know, the post yeah. office doesn't, they don't, they don't, they're human down there. You know, stuff's going to fall through. And uh, it's government run too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's ran by the government too. So that doesn't help anything. The government's dispersing everybody's COVID money, too, so... <laughs> Ooh, conspiracy theories now. <laughs> well, I know a lot of my friends who are independent contractors, they just got all theirs, too. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. 
I don't know what's going on, but I'm just happy that I got a little bit of money in the mail. Because I really, really needed that money. And yeah. it is all gone now. Yep. Came in and went. Had to pay my taxes, bro. You're going to own a business. You're going to be a creative. You're going to be a photographer. You're going to be a uh, musician. You're going to be a personal trainer. You're going to be a tech guy. You're going to be a you know, animator. Whatever you're going to do. If you're going to work for yourself, you're going to pay the government millions and millions of dollars in taxes for the rest of your life. Unavoidable. It's the way uh, shit goes today. And I pay 15% of my income to taxes every year. And if you don't pay your taxes, they'll come find you and they will take the money from you. Yep. So you got to do it. And I've been blessed to have to have uh, my parents help me with that. Hashtag white privilege. privilege. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I, uh, I really needed that money, so I'm glad it came in, and I'm glad that uh, I got to put it where I needed to, and I'm playing it, didn't it? It's not all gone. I got to put, get some work done on my car, Yeah, which was good. I got to, I might get to get a new computer, and I'm, I was hoping to get some new clothes, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, dude. That's, Taxes and gear. That's the craziest thing about, <clears throat> like, like, I was lucky enough to go to Clark. And do the whole, go through their whole personal trainer program, you know, and um, they they that was one of the things that they taught you and they prepared you for was like the business side of things because so many people like uh, musicians and you know photographers, personal trainers, whatever, especially personal trainers because they're meatheads. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm one of them. Hey, I'm not. I'm no judgment. Um, they go into it, right, and they know how to get jacked, they know how to get lean, they know how to work, you know, they, yeah. and they love to be in the gym, you know, and lift weights and stuff. And then and they think, okay, let me go start my own business, learn how to be a personal trainer, and go try to do it, you know. And the reason that most of them fail isn't because they're not good personal trainers, it's because they're not good business people. Yeah. You know, they don't spend time learning the ins and outs of how to run your business, mm. how to keep on top of the taxes, right, you know. And um, yeah, they just want to work out. They just want to work out, you know. Or they just want to write music, or they just want to take pictures, or whatever. You know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And they don't want to. They want to go and do all the other stuff. Cool, man. Well, yeah. So got some money coming in. Got some cool stuff coming. I uh, got some work done on my car. Left my car at the shop for a few days. Uh, spent a few days at home working on stuff, and so I um, made a couple of hip-hop beats this week, and I'm going to play one of them. Three of them out 
right now that you can go check out. I'm selling beats on BeatStars now. And if you're a rapper or a hip-hop artist, go check it out because my beats are getting fired, dude. I'm getting really good at making beats, dude. Yeah, you are. I'd love to kind of see your start from, you know, making beats just for fun. And now the stuff that you're coming out with now is like way better. It's pro level, awesome. man. Yeah, it's great. I like it. Yeah, dude. Part of it's because I got a studio to work in now. Oh, yeah. It's really, my mixing really took a jump. I think when you when you have a hip-hop beat, the primary thing that makes a good beat is just having a good mix, dude. Yeah. Because those sounds are so raw. And like, a lot of hip-hop drums are just like really like, they, they have a tendency to sound really like tinny and electronic-y, you know, if it's not, if it's not produced right. So, yeah. having a good mix is good. So, yeah. I'm going to be coming out with lots of hip-hop beats in the next few days here. And because I've found that that's a good place to start. Sometimes I start making a hip-hop beat and then it turns into a song. And I'm like, oh, now I want to put this on my album. Yeah. So it's like, kind of like this pyramid. Like I'm making beats. Some of them I sell to rappers. Some of them I just like throw up on SoundCloud. And then some of them are going to end up on my album here. Right. So that's what I've been working on. But other than that... The only thing I've been working on is just promoting my new single. Don't Wanna Run! Out on all platforms right now featuring Aaliyah Falls, St. Wild, and Corey. Bangers! Shy. <laughs> all great artists. We had a blast making that song, so go stream it if you want. Or don't. I don't give a fuck. <clears throat> Other than that, Eddie Van Halen passed away. That's right. That's the only other music thing. Dude, you know what I heard about this? How? He's training a client. Yeah? He told me. Dude. He's like, no way! That sucks, man. 65. 65, dude. Was he still doing stuff? Or... I think he was trying to. Yeah, he was in the middle of cancer. I don't oh, know. right. Yeah, yeah, that would be tough. Man, yeah, the cancer's taking everybody. Dude. Eddie Van Halen was a legend, man. That was one of my biggest inspirations. Yeah. I remember seeing him on TV and listening to his music. Yeah. And just thinking, like, damn, that guy's cool, man. What a legendary guitar player. What a revolutionary guy. He was, like, you know, playing with his right hand and bending strings with his thumb and shit. Oh, like, dang. Or maybe that was... Uh, anyways. I think that was Hendrix that was using <laughs> Hendrix, yeah. Something, but... Yeah, dude, Eddie Van Halen died, died at age 65. After battling cancer for 20 years. And so I uh, wrote down, or I found an article with 10 things you might not know about Eddie Van Halen. <clears throat> and these are kind of fun. Number one, Eddie Van Halen's middle name is Ludwig. I think he's how you pronounce that. Yeah, I think I remember that. Because his, his kid's name's Wolfgang, if I remember correctly. What? <laughs> I think so. It's spelled L-O-D-E-W-I-J-K. Eddie Ludwig Van Halen. Or Ludwig. He's, it's named after the German composer Ludwig van Beethoven. So uh, Beethoven's name is Ludwig too. And he was named after Beethoven. He's a Dutch... did that? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> he is a Dutch immigrant, but his mother, Eugenia, is half Indonesian. Okay. He was inspired by Eric Clapton's work, but his favorite guitar player was Alan Holdsworth, 
British jazz fusion, fusion and progressive rock guitarist and composer. I feel like I've played with one of those guys before. Nuh-uh. Not specifically of someone that high of uh, stature, mm-hmm. but a guy that was first into Dream Theater and then second became a jazz guitarist with, uh, with one of the jazz groups I played in. Okay. And that dude is, is insane. Oh, so a guy like that. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm getting at. The, the I was like, no, jazz no, fusion, no. you know, just goes crazy and you're not entirely sure what's going on in your brain type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, how did those guys even write that stuff on paper? Well, he didn't. <laughs> he just, well, you just were playing the song and then you're going along and there it goes. He just Rates. goes off on, a, on whatever his feature is. Jazz is nasty. I like jazz, but anyways, number four... Uh, he started smoke. Van Halen started smoking and drinking at the age of twelve. He got his first cigarette and first vodka shot from his father at twelve. At twelve. <laughs> Hope you choke on it. Eddie Van Halen played the iconic solo in Michael Jackson's "Beat It." Ooh, there you go. He also didn't take any compensation or writing credit for his work on the song. Oh. Wow. That is how you make a legendary impact, dude. This dude was humble, man. He knows what's up. Fucking beat it by Michael Jackson, dude. I would have been like, hell yeah, that's my guitar. Yeah, I love it. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Uh, Anyways, the song Jump was Van Halen's first and only number one pop hit and also earned a Grammy nomination. Dang. One song that he listened to repeatedly while learning to play the guitar was Cream's I'm so glad. Early on in his music career, early on in his music career, he would play his solos with his back to the audience because he oh. didn't want others to steal his solos. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, I'll play solos on Michael Jackson, but you guys can't steal this one. <laughs> you ain't gonna know how I played it. <laughs> That's funny, dude. That reminds me of my buddy Gordo. I feel like Gordo would do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Play with his back to the crowd. Yeah, he would, wouldn't he? <laughs> so nobody would steal the song. Come on, dude, that's fun. <clears throat> Number nine, he holds two patents. One for a support that allows musicians to hold string instruments on their back. What? Like a, like a strap? Yeah, dude, like a guitar or a bass on your back. It's a, it's a support that allows musicians to do that. I don't know what that means, but that sounds to me... Like, some guy told him not to do that with his guitar. <laughs> it's like, don't let the thing, don't let it hang on your back. Yeah. Okay. You got a switch, man. So he must have just did something like that just to like, this is what rock legends do, man. This is the type of shit that rock legends care about, man. <laughs> so that's the first patent he holds. I don't know if that's what happened. I'm just as speculation. Yeah. One for a support that allows musicians to hold stringed instruments on their back, and the other for a product that quickly changes the tuning of the low E string of a guitar. <clears throat> Did he use that in any of his recordings? Not that I'm aware of, but... An I've automatic heard of, tuner? Is that what... Am well, I I've that heard right? that it's a drop lever, is what it's... And you can see it, there's some... Uh, a lot of basses have this, but it literally lets you go from like just standard to drop D. Boom. Just with a flick, in the middle of a song. I've heard there's oh. a... Gosh, I can't remember the dude's name. He went after Davey 504 because this dude was actually like a professional studio musician and was like, oh, by the way, I can play rounds by myself. I don't know how your brain can wrap around that, but 
Well, he's that big, but he, I remember he was playing a couple songs where he'd like play harmonics and he'd use the drop tuners to actually play the whole scale. Dude, that's, that's cool. Man. That's ridiculous. That's really cool. Yeah, he was really innovative in 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 how he played his guitar. So, number ten, Eddie Van Halen almost died of a PCP overdose back in 1976. That's kind of depressing. <clears throat> Bonus trivia, Eddie Van Halen donated his iconic black and yellow guitar from Van Halen's second album when he attended Dimebag Darrow's funeral in 2004 and gave him his guitar that he recorded his second album with in 2004 at his funeral. It was Dimebag's favorite, so much so that the Pantera's guitarist was buried with the guitar beside him in his casket. So Dimebag Darrow is Pantera's guitarist. Who got his face blown off or whatever on stage by a dude with a shotgun. Oh, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, that, yeah. That's, a, that's an older story, but, yeah. Yikes, that's a whole other story, man. Yeah. You should look that one up. <laughs> but, yeah. 2004, he had his funeral, and he was buried with Van Halen's guitar. That is so cool, man. I just feel like rock and roll is like a religion, dude. Oh, 100%. And Eddie Van Halen was like one of the gods of rock. Yeah. And he's got a... How so dumb of him to donate a guitar to be buried with Pantera's guitars. <laughs> Anyways, so what's going on? Someone shot him on stage? Yeah, in 2004. Um, let's see. That's how he died? Let's see. Damage Plan was the was the other band that he was a part of. Yeah. I've never heard of him. But I was reading about Let's it. See. Nathan Gale, yeah. I remember hearing about that he was a uh, he was a mentally ill uh, fan. And I guess this was a pistol, is what it's showing. Well, not a shotgun. No. Oh. Twelve yeah, gauge. This is twelve gauge Remington model eight seventy. Killing him. Gale got shot with the twelve gauge after oh. um, he murdered I think it was Dying Bag, let's see. Oh, he, I think he tried to shoot a couple of people. It was, there was a, yeah. it was a big thing, but uh, yeah. So Dimebag got shot with a pistol on stage. Yep. And then somebody killed the cops. The dude that shot him. The dude that shot the police with the shotgun. Yeah. He entered the club, shot Gail oh, in the head head. with the twelve gauge. Wow, dude. <clears throat> <laughs> Straight for the head, man. Dude, where what? Where was that show at? Uh, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Al Rosa via nightclub. Al Rosa via nightclub. Wow, so that was in uh, 2004. Yeah. I'm wondering if um, security wasn't his kid. That sounds crazy someone got a gun into a concert. Cause did well, they yeah. have metal detectors back then? Well, this is 2004. 2004. So, maybe. I don't, I mean, you could get... There's a lot. There was it wasn't as much crap going on back then. So, yeah. So guns weren't as like heavily. Yeah. Yeah. Security. Security, security was actually killed in this uh, in this altercation, from what it's saying. Damn, dude. Yeah. Four people died. That's crazy, man. Well, R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. Um, a true inspiration. Yeah. An awesome guy. A tr- uh, massive contribution to rock and roll. And uh, one of my biggest role models as a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, dude. So, all the more reason to uh, blow up this music shit, man. And uh, revamp this whole music industry and the way that music moves today because there's thousands of guys like Eddie Van Halen who have been, you know, paving the way for us and, and, and doing things in rock and roll, you know, knowing that they were going to be legends and they were going to be remembered for forever. And living to that, living up to that as, you know, a conviction, something that inspires them to be a good influence and to leave a good legacy for rock and roll and to inspire other musicians, you know, to do what they've done on a bigger scale because we have more technology available to us now, you know, love Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. <clears throat> other than that, man. Aliyah's got a new song out on all platforms right now called Nice. Go check that one out. I'll leave a link in the description. Aliyah's one of our artists at Bempy. Corey, another artist at Bempy that I'm recording with, uh, has an album coming out tomorrow, October 20th. So go and pre-save that. I'll put that link down in the description. And uh, more hip-hop beats coming out. All kinds of cool shit coming your way. Here's another one of the beats I made this week. Yeah, it really grabs you. Yeah. It's nice, man. Most of that shit I just make from samples, dude. Yeah. Just pre-recorded instruments. I spent some time this week getting, like, some templates put together. Yeah. And some drum kits put together. I downloaded, like, two gigabytes worth of drum sounds. Wow. And samples and stuff. So I can pretty much just... I can make hip-hop beats really quickly now. That's awesome. That's what... I think I'm gonna... I think selling hip-hop beats is gonna be my next... Stream the income. So yeah. go check me out on Beat Stars. Go purchase one of my hip hop beats and make a song out of it. Send it to me. And uh, show me how awesome you musicians and rappers are. <laughs> Yo, so I was, I've just started doing some group classes at the local resource center for homeschoolers. And, um, Shout out to the school, shout out to the school crowd. And uh, it's, it's interesting going from um, just doing one-on-one and then trying to jump over and do like group fitness classes, right? And uh, plus right now, all everybody's trying to do this whole online thing. And the, like, just like middle school and high school are all doing this the same type of like group fitness classes right so they're starting to become they're not just like go to LA Fitness or whatever and then join in a group fitness class and stuff they're, they're becoming now that the gyms are starting to shift kind of in this in this way you're either going to do one on one online personal training 
um, or you're going to do some sort of like a Peloton type uh, group class. Have you, have you seen these Peloton things? So you buy like a stationary bike and it connects to your TV and then all of, uh, or there's just a little screen on the thing. I think it could go both ways. But then it connects you and it, then it digitally puts you into a group of a bunch of other people. So it's like a Zoom call kind of? Yeah, like a Zoom call. First spin classes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then, then now you're in this like virtual group fitness class on these nice. bikes, you know, and you can do all these different things. And um, so there's, there's, there's a lot of different ways of uh, how you can do online or uh, in group fitness classes and kind of where this is going for. I mean, where this is kind of heading, you know. Why? That's the purpose of that application. It's for group fitness classes. Yeah, the Peloton is specifically online group fit uh, cycle classes. Got it. And um, that's, that's that's one of the many ways they're starting. So there's a lot of stuff that's kind of coming up on, on the scene through technology and everything. Plus, group fitness classes have been around for a long freaking time. Yeah. And uh, so you're teaching classes on that platform? No, I'm not doing Peloton. Oh, okay. No, I'm just teaching at the center. Oh, okay. Um, so. Is everybody social distance and wear masks and stuff? Or? Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. Um. So. But yeah, so I wanted to talk about a little bit about kind of what group fitness classes are for and how we should use them and kind of some ideas that we don't necessarily think about when we're going into a group fitness class, right? Should I go do Zumba with Karen? Yes. No. <laughs> but yes. No, but yeah. Uh, okay, so let's. I want to start talking about some cool things that like group fitness is really good for, right? So it's the community, obviously, is the number one thing of why group fitness classes are kind of this huge mainstream. Uh, yeah, having people around you to hold you accountable. Yeah. When you're not there, yeah, kind of compete with a little bit. Exactly, exactly. And when you're not there, then they call you up and they're like, "Yo, what's up? Why aren't right. you there?" Yeah, you know. And then you've got, you know, your group, you know, the group instructor, right? Plus, like trainers, they can charge less money per person, uh, and still, and but then they get thirty people, they get ten bucks, and you're all, you're good. Nice. Okay. So you can get you can get some pretty good money doing that way. So it's a little bit easier for you. So the the barrier to entry is low. Plus you've got the community, and that's why CrossFit became this huge thing that it was. You yeah. know, it was because all the, the community of CrossFit was amazing. Not necessarily because the model was, you know, great. But um, so yeah, you got all that. And you got um, so yeah, and then the low barrier to entry. Um, and then there's just kind of a wide variety of things. You know, you can do yoga, you can do cycle, you can do class, uh, like aqua classes, you can do tai chi. So it's, you know, young, old, you know, uh, high fitness, low fitness, you know, whatever you want to do, there's always a, there's a class for you, you know. So, um, so have you ever done tai chi? I have. It's a lot of, it is a lot more fun than you might think it would be. <laughs> Dude, I want to try that because some guy was describing it to me as moving meditation. Exactly. That's what I would say. I would say that's spot on. And that's why I like it is because it's, um, 
But it seems like it would be good a good meditation practice for somebody like me who has trouble sitting still. Right. Yes, it's good because it, it just takes you out, you know, takes you out of your head and into the moment because you got to really because the if you have a good instructor, you know, they'll say take your right foot out, put it on the floor, feel every little bit of contact and shift your weight over, feel the weight move off of your back foot and shift onto your front foot. Yeah. And then feel that other foot completely come off the ground and then feel yourself balance and as you move, you know, and you're just going through all these movements and you're really focused on just everything that you're doing, you know, and you don't have time to get caught up with all the issues. So it's really cool. Uh, it sounds dope too. I want yeah. to you got work are there any Tai Chi classes around here, Dino? Uh, the one that I did was at the Marshall Center, um, but I'm pretty sure there's more out there. I just haven't done a lot of research on it. So what goes on in your class? You so for me, I'm doing teens, mm-hmm. so teen fitness, um, and one of the biggest things that you want to try to do uh, with kids uh, is not to just drive them into the ground. <laughs> you know, Try to introduce them into a fitness class that is, or introduce them to fitness through a way that's not just like, that they make, that make them hate it, you know, try to make it fun, right? Yeah. So that's why we spend the first couple of, the first half of the class in our warm-up is just play games, right? Cool, man. Ultimate frisbee, soccer, dodgeballs, right. exactly. So playing all these different games, basketball. And uh, so just playing these games, you know, and then that way we, everybody gets engaged, everybody's moving. Um, so theoretically, could somebody who's 23 be a teen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this at the the resource. Can center. I come play? <laughs> at the resource center, we have to uh, you have to be part of the resource center and kind of use people and all that good stuff. But anyways, um, so yeah, and that's what that's what I'm trying to do is just make it really fun, engaging, and then also try to teach them good sportsmen. Sportsmanlike conduct, yeah. you know, because right now everybody gets a per- participation trophy. You know, everybody's a winner. Oh yeah, you know, and in my classes, there's a very, there's a winner and there's a loser. You know, and if you win, you win graciously. If you lose, you congratulate the you congratulate the winner. So nice. you kind of get that, and I feel like that's something that we're moving away from. I don't think that's a great idea, but um, see Tom Brady in his last game. <sighs> that's <laughs> that's what's really important, man. Yeah. Is he not a good winner? A loser? Uh, he lost against Nick Foles this past Thursday when we were filmed. And uh, he decided not to shake uh, Nick Foles' hand. And just Ooh, it's not a good shoulder. No, no loser. No. Oh. He's been known as Karen Brady lately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Karen no. Brady. <laughs> so, oh, that's petty as fuck. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, yeah. Learn how to lose. Yeah, learn how to lose. Learn how to do it well. That's not how you do it. Anyways, dude, own it when you lose. Be like, hell yeah, I lost. Yeah. What are you going to say about it? Yeah, I'm going to go up. I'm going to shake your hand. Make eye contact. Say congratulations and move on. Yeah, dude. You know? So, yeah, that's great. So, that, that's just some of the benefits of those kids. Fitness class. Make those kids lose. Yeah, Fuck make those kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, those are some of the good things about group fitness classes, right? Yeah, so, community, low barrier to entry. Everybody can join, type thing. But here's the thing that you got to understand is, and I'm going to use CrossFit as the example of this because it's a low hanging fruit. 
Sweet. Come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it's, it's pretty obvious why. You know, because like you look at if you're going to go, okay, so here's what CrossFit is, right? We take gymnastics type exercises, we take Olympic style exercises, and then we take like uh, body or uh, powerlifting type exercises, right? Squat, bench, dead press, dead press. Over uh, deadlifts, <laughs> you can do a dead press. <laughs> um, so yeah, you do all those, and then you snatch, clean, and then like kipping pull-ups and rings and stuff like that. And if you were to go to uh, try to train to be like uh, a gymnast, right? The first thing that they would teach you how to do is like doing rolls and tumbles and stuff, and you would gradually, gradually, slowly over years learn how to do flips, or, or sorry, do rings and dips and do all of these like kipping pull-ups and everything and you would make, we would make sure that you had a good understanding of the way that your body moves and how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Olympic style lifting. It's like, okay, here's a broom handle, here's a PVC pipe. Mm-hmm. Learn how to master these movements, figure out how to do it, and then slowly move your way up. Now, we got CrossFit that comes into it, and they're starting to kind of move in a good direction, but it's not, uh, there's still some, you know, room for improvement, uh, and they're just like, okay, we're going 200-pound snatches uh, for, for failure, <laughs> you know, your first day, we're doing 300 deadlifts, and then we're going to do 500 kipping pull-ups after we've done a half-mile run. And that's day one. That's a hell of a day. You know? And... It's a big workout. You've got th- 30 people, right, in this class. And you got one instructor, and he's supposed to, quote-unquote, go around and teach you how to do every single one of these lifts. And how to do it safely, and set you up to actually get a good workout, right? And it's just... You're just setting yourself up for injury at this point, you know? And hopefully I don't have to go into too much detail on why that's an issue. Yeah, day one, I'm not going to be throwing up 200. Yeah, but that's the way that it is a lot of the times, you know. And then on top of it, it attracts a certain type of person. And this is where you got to really understand of, like, who you are and kind of why you're, you're trying to get into, like, the tier, why you're taking this class. Because what this tends to achieve, uh, I mean, attract is these overachievers, p- people with high stress. They want the high level of achievement. They want the high, just go, 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 you know, and then they're, they've already got a high uh, demanding job. They've got, they've got a bunch of stuff going on outside of their work. Um, and then on top of that, they go and they throw themselves into a CrossFit class and try to then expect to see results, right? Go back and see our my episode or our episode on stress management for a little more details on why that's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, but in a sense, is that it's just cortisol, 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 stress, 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 constantly, and um, those are the type of people that usually end up going into that class. So they're not going to necessarily get the, the results that they need, right? When you work out, you're exercising your muscles. Mm-hmm. But you're also exercising the muscle that is your willpower mm-hmm. and your spirit, you know. And de- and and depending on how you train, right, that muscle, it will become a certain way. You know, if you train your body really, really, really hard, 
Yep. When you lift a lot of weight and you, you focus on strength exercises and you do low reps and high weight, you know, you're going to end up with, you're going to be really big and really cut, you know, but if you start slow and you work out every day, a little bit every day, and you work out for a long time, you know, that's going to build your body in a certain way. I remember when I first started working out at LA Fitness, I was like 135 pounds or something. And I went to like, I went from 135 to 185. Right. In a short amount of time. And it was because I was not in the gym to lose weight. I was not in the gym for reasons that most people are. I was in the gym because I was young and I had more testosterone (laughs) than I knew what to do with. Right. Coursing through my veins. So I just go to the gym and just bang it out for two hours. Man, I would lift heavy and I would lift hard. And I would go nuts. And I gained all this weight. And I remember this other guy. I don't even remember his name. But he started working out around the same time I did. And I had this crazy hair mentality. You know, like tortoise in the hair. Right. I had the hair mentality of just getting in there and going ham. Right. He had the tortoise mentality. Mm. And he started really slow. And he would come in every day and work out a little bit every day. Yeah. And I would get, like, injuries. I would, like, hurt my shoulder. Right. And not be able to work out for a week. I got a hernia one time. I couldn't work out for like a week and a half. Right. And like that guy did it right. And he he's like 235 pounds to this day. He's still working out every single day. I got up to like 200 and then I was like 185 and now I'm like 165, 170 or something in there. Like I go for a walk every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's... Because the thing we've got to understand with this, and I won't spend too much time on it, but I'll, I'll go into it a little bit, is that we only have about, just think of it as like a, a bar of energy, right? Um, and if we work out, that bar depletes, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then allocates that energy and builds and repairs um, the body to get back to normal, right? Yeah. So... But you want to have a little bit of leftover to go beyond where you were before, right? You right. don't want to just deplete the bar and spend all of that in just recovering and getting yourself back up to normal. Yeah. You want to have a little bit leftover, so you use about 80 or 75% of that bar to get back to 100%, and then you have the extra 25 to get better, Yeah. right? And that's the problem when you have a stressful job, you have a lot of stuff going on, and then on top of that, you throw on a CrossFit class right after it. It requires 100% of that bar just to get you back to normal. Yeah. And you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to get any bigger. You're not going to get stronger. You're not going to get faster. And then on top of it, it's like, what are you training for in the first place? Are you training to become an Olympic-level athlete? Are you trying to go to the CrossFit Games? No, you're probably not. You're just working out because you want to be healthy. You want to run up the stairs. You, you want to run up the stairs. You like, yeah, car. <laughs> you don't want to die when you're 50, you know? Mm-hmm. You want to be able to be around for a long period of time, right? You want to stay healthy, yeah. right? And and going that hard every single day is not going to get you to that. It's probably going to, you're just breaking down and building up and repairing, breaking down and repairing, breaking down and repairing. You're never building. You're never getting stronger, faster, better. So you want to think long term with this stuff. Right. You want to figure, you want to see, okay, is what I'm doing in the gym actually moving me towards my goal? Is yeah. that what's happening? Is that, is that what's going on? Okay, yes, great. Continue to do what you're doing. No? Think about it. I'm not saying never go do a CrossFit class. I'm just saying 
do that maybe once a week and then focus on other things. And that's, and that's what I wanted to try to get to because um, with this whole uh, this group fitness class is that you can still do your Orange Theory stuff. You can still do all your other stuff, but you want to make sure that you're actually doing some sort of a movement practice outside of that as well, right? Know how to press, know how to hinge, know how to squat, right? Know how to do those movements, mm-hmm. how to control where your shoulder blades are, right? Can you sure, yeah. brace your core, keep your low back flat, and move independently around that, right? Because so many people can't. They're stationary, they engage their core, but the instant they start moving, poof, there goes the core, and that's when and then they can't move any sort of load. So figure out how to do heavy carries. Think about how to do this, practice your squats, practice your hinge movements like a deadlift, practice your pressing, connect to your, your back, right? Like I've said in the past, work on your uh, your poles. Shoot, what was the two things I said? Just, oh yeah. Um, anyways, I can't remember. And pull downs? Yeah, it was like, there was like something that we we should do is just work on your posterior chain by doing poles. Let's just focus on poles and hinges or something like that. I can't remember exactly what I said, but um, but that's what we should be doing. Is you know, it's just trying to figure out what is our goal. Is our goal to be healthy? Okay, this is what's going to help it. Do I have control over all of my body, and can I move in a in a way that's going to that is braced and safe, right? Can I carry a load from point A to point B yeah. without hurting myself? Can I bend over? Can I twist? Can I hinge? Can I squat? Can I press? Can I do all these things? Can I reach overhead still? Do I still have this mo- this uh, range of motion? You know, yeah. Do I have access to that? You know, Because a lot of people would go, okay, reach above your head and they do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, above your head. And they can't. They can't get their arms up there. Because yeah. like, you know, the last time that they went overhead was... That's an issue. Okay, you can't even reach overhead now. Now you're going to go do a snatch. Okay, yeah. that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just really... So, think about these group fitness classes in a different way. Think about them as a place to connect to your community. Yes. Think of them as a place to burn some extra calories and have fun with it, right? But don't think about this as your main source of working out. Make sure we get there, we practice our movements, and we practice, you know, working against our postural balances and sure. stuff, and stretching and mobility, you know, and making sure that that is, like, the, the meat, the potatoes of it, right? And then garnish it with your um, group fitness classes, right? Yeah, you know? the Orange Theory. Yeah. Orange Theory. Because I'm sure there's, there's tons of great group fitness classes out oh, yeah. there that focus on that kind of stuff, but when you're in a group class, you know, it's hard to find, it's hard to, you can't get those one-on-one benefits, and those one-on-one benefits are working with somebody who's looking at your postural imbalances. Yeah. One-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. Who's saying, here's some exercises you can do, you know, to, to, to get closer to your goal, and to correct some of the things that you need to correct to be able to work out in a way that's going to be healthy for you, and put your joints in a good position long-term, and like, but, you know, on the other side of the coin, the benefit that you get from doing that group fitness class is having people there to cheer you on and hold you yeah. accountable. Yeah. And, and you know, cardio, everybody can do 15 minutes of cardio every week, right? It's not going to kill you. Right. So to go, to go and do a group fitness class, to find one that's, that's not 
you know, some meathead right, so who's trying to yeah. make you do 200 pound overhead presses yeah. <laughs> on day one. Yeah. You know, go do Zumba. Exactly. Or something. Exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, because they do, <coughs> they, they, they're beneficial, right? You know, and, and this is the last thing that I want to say on this too is that um, there are some people out there that are just like, um, this, this is the only way I can work out. I've tried the whole personal training thing. I hate it. I tried the whole weightlifting thing. I hate it, you mm-hmm. know? So this is when you got to realize, and then I did my group fitness class, and I felt the connection to the community, and that's how I've been able to stay, stay consistent. Beautiful. Great. That is so good. Awesome. Do that, you know? Sure. Go in it, because, like, I could sit here... And say that we have this little bit of technology, right? And you, you prick your finger and you get a little bit of blood in there and it reads everything somehow and it spits out the perfect program for you <clears throat> down to the intensity, reps, weight, everything is perfect. It's programmed perfectly. And if you follow, all you have to do is follow this to program to a T and you're going to see your results 100% of the time. But you hate it. Right, you can't you can't just read this thing and get and get the results and get to your goals. You have to be able to actually do them. Put the work in. Put the work in. So if you hate the workout, it can be perfect, but if you don't do it, you're not gonna get the results, right? So ultimately the most important thing is that you gotta find something that you can stick to. And if that's your group fitness classes, okay, great, do the group fitness classes. But just realize that maybe it's not going to be the most efficient. Maybe it's not going to be the most, you know, you know, quick, the quickest way to get to you, to where you want to get to. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't go do it. You know. So you got to do something, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to do something. So you got to go for a walk every morning. You got to go find a group fitness class. You got to do twenty-two push-ups. You gotta just get the fuck out of bed, man. It's gonna move. You know, that's the important part. So, anyways, man, what do we gotta go do? Whoa, man! We gotta go <laughs> find us on social media. Give us a follow, send us your questions. At Pod Heaven, Austin Devin is our Instagram and Facebook tag. You can also tweet us at Pod Heaven AD. If you watch us on YouTube, drop a like and subscribe for more. Thanks for listening to Pod Heaven. Love you guys. See you next time.